Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. Hello and welcome to a very downbeat review it yourself. I don't even want to do that. Review it yourself. Don't even want to do that. It's half past two in the morning. I saw No Time to Die about four hours ago. You know, I the podcast might be called Review It Yourself, but I wish somebody else could review this one. So, um, the next podcast will be on Goldeneye because I need a I need a Bond palate cleanser after what I've just watched. So I've just got back from obviously watching No Time to Die. All the action scenes were very jerky. The car chases are decent, but nothing we haven't seen a million times before, and better in some of the previous Bond films. You know, it was an okay film, but it wasn't a Bond film. You know, massive spoilers if you, if you haven't seen the film. You know, stop the podcast now and come back when you've seen it. So I'll give you a chance to go, okay? Still with me? Right. You don't kill James Bond. You just don't. You know... Some of a lot of that film, it felt like something from, you know, Mission Impossible. You, you don't, you don't kill Bond. You know, this podcast will be a little bit different. I'm not going to talk you through the plot. I mean, God, it's convoluted enough without me trying to talk you through it. Take me an hour just to get to the plot, and it won't make any sense. So. I warned you, I did warn you there was going to be a negative review at some point, didn't I? It had been going too well. You know, I'd watched how many films? Uh, five films that I'd never seen before and liked every one of them. It's bound to happen eventually. I thought, you know, the main enemy in the film, Safin, played by, I forgot, Rami Malek. He was wasted. What was his motive? What was his plan? They kept mentioning this plan and they didn't explain it properly. Something about wanting to, you know, infect all these people and kill them. I was thinking, well, who, why, what for? And at the end, he's talking about selling it. You know, our buyers are here, which were the Russians, the Chinese, the the Japanese, from what I could figure. Well, what do you, what do you mean you're going to sell it to people if it's going to kill loads? Oh, I don't know, honestly. The M, played by Ralph Fiennes, seemed very, very out of character. It never explained why he made the decisions he did in trying to develop this, well, I was going to say biological weapon, but that's essentially what it is, but, you know, this magic bullet, you know, this these nanobots that will infect the one person that they're targeting, 
because they was thinking about trying to save the lives of his agents in the field. Does that sound as stupid as it sounds when I said it? I don't know. And, you know, and the whole thing about Bond, spoilers again, having, you know, a family and a daughter, fair enough. You know, and it raises the emotional stakes. Well, there's a million films out there, and better ones as well, about people, you know, trying to rescue their family from awful situations. Harrison Ford's done a fair few of them. You know, I thought Anna de Armas was was beautiful. She was brilliant. She was she kicked hell out of some of the blokes, but three of them at one point. Whilst Bond's trying to you know deal with one because obviously he's been away for a while. You know the new Double Seven, uh, Normy, I believe the character was called. Uh, Lasana Lynch, I think, is the actress. She was good. Um, they, they marketed it really badly. It made out she was this abrasive, you know, get out of, stay in your lane, Bond, keep out of my way. I don't need you, you know. Your leg doesn't work and this, that and the other. And she, they made her look awful. Actually, in the film, she bounces off Bond quite well. You know, she's quite, you know, you can tell she feels a bit threatened by him. But then by the, you know, by the midpoint towards the end, they're working together. They're... You know, the, the banter they have it was one of the best parts of the dialogue, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, she gives Bond his code name, his 007 back. And, you know, but it did appear they either reshot or used different takes because she didn't come across half as obnoxious in the film than she did in the trailers. Especially when she's saying, you know, I'll put a bullet in your knee, the one that works, you know, that... That was totally different. It looked a totally different take. Because I did watch those trailers a fair few times. Obviously because it's been, I mean, delayed. I thought the film was humourless. Absolutely humourless. I've been to horror films and laughed more than that. You know, the, the one part I laughed was in Blofeld. Was in, again, another chronically underused character. When he's in that glass cage on a track that moves him and it's so ridiculously slow i was impressed daniel craig and leah sedu didn't start giggling as it came towards them and i don't remember any laughing at all obviously i was on like the third row so quite close to the screen so there was a and it was a good <coughs> excuse me it was a good 90 percent full there was a lot of people behind me I don't remember hearing people laugh once. You know, the action again was nothing we haven't seen done better in previous Daniel Craig films and just in previous and just in other films. You know, the Barn films for one. 24, the TV series, I've seen better action than that. You know, it, there were some parts of the action that was shot beautifully, the... the prologue part with Leah Sedu's character and Rami Malek's character and on the ice field and not the ice field the the frozen lake and that that was that was pretty well done you know but as a, as a kid who grew up with Brosnan as Bond although my favourite's Connery 
the Daniel Craig era for me has been you know a series uh, a series of diminishing returns. I thought Casino Royale was fantastic. Uh, I lo- I really like Quantum of Solace. Not as good, but you know up there. His second best film. I thought Skyfall. I just didn't like. I thought it was. I thought it was poor. I didn't like the plot. I thought Spectre was forgettable. Forget, forget, forgettable. Sorry. The the opening credits is the only part that I can legitimately remember. The day of the dead bit with the helicopter. I legitimately can't remember any more of it than that. Apart from the ending with the crash on the bridge. Then they captured Blofeld because I, th- I thought, we all thought that was it for Daniel Craig's, you know, Bond. And it was a good it was a good ending for him. You know, uh, back to No Time to Die, you know, the ending. Where M has to fire missiles at the island to, to stop this nuclear, uh, not nuclear, sorry, this biological weapon getting out. But wouldn't that have caused war anyway? Especially with, you know, Japanese, Chinese and the Russia kicking about, you know. So you're talking about, you know, if we don't do this, you know, it, there'll be nothing left to save. Well, there'll be nothing left to save if, you start, if they started nuking each other. And again, you know, I apologise how negative this sounds, but I'm just so disappointed. I wanted this to be the Bond film that brought me back. I haven't liked a Bond film. I haven't even bought one on DVD since Quantum of Solace. I think I've got Skyfall on DVD because somebody bought me it for Christmas. I've never bought Spectre, never even thought about it. I certainly won't be buying this one on DVD. What would be the point? You know, they killed off Felix, Blofeld, Safin, Bond. You know, they had all these links back to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which I've never understood. I've, uh, I don't like that. Well, they've completely missed their audience and made clearly, but I was never a big fan of Honor Majesty's Secret Service. You know, never a big fan of it. And Bond gets married, she gets shot dead about five minutes after the wedding. You know, we have all the time in the world. I just, I just thought, no, it doesn't do a lot for me, really. So just, that that whole homage didn't land for me either. I would have been... <coughs> I would have been more bothered and I'd have been more invested if Vesper had come back from the dead and bonded Rekinder's romance with her. I'd have forgiven that. I thought the music from Hans Zimmer... I mean, I'm was unusually downbeat it sounded a little bit like inception at times the theme song you know what i'll be fair and i'll be honest i thought the theme song was quite good i've listened to that back tonight or this morning I'll, I'll listen to the song again i won't watch the film again most probably you know <laughs> You know, Rami Malek was just, again, it's just absolutely wasted. Christopher Waltz, absolutely wasted as Blofeld. You know, he's in it for a scene and he, he drops dead, literally. You know, Daniel Craig, uh, sorry, in the script, you know, he, he bonds dropping in all these bond tongue-in-cheek lines. They just didn't land at all. They just didn't land because his bond's never been about that. And no one laughed at them either, you know. Uh... 
where he uses his EMP device to, to blow up the guy's eye, the this bionic eye. You know, he says to QRQ, I've just shown somebody your, your, your watch it. You know, it blew their mind. And it there wasn't even a hurt, hurt in the cinema. There was nothing. It was like, you know, I was like, ooh. You know, for a film where they made an awful lot of people, a, a certain comedian coming in, I can't remember him, and polishing up the up the script, you thought, well, she just didn't polish that bit up, did she? You know, and they, there was no comedy. At, uh, the jokes didn't work. I don't remember any laughter in it. Legitimately, hearing any laughter from anybody. Thought it dragged a little. It was certainly too long, way too long. Although funnily, I thought the film was better when it wasn't having its action scenes. The action scenes were too jerky for me. They were hurting my eyes. There's one that's in almost pitch darkness, with characters dressed in black. You can't see them. You don't know who's shooting at who. It the the the, the director or the photography seemed to be doing this very. You know, they'd be looking at the left hand side of the square, and then they'd do a massive, really quick pan. To the you know, the other side of the square, and it, it was hurting my eyes. I thought, God, they, I can't see what's going on. The worst example of that was when they come outside of the, that bar when Bond's with Anna, D R, Anna something, Anna D Arm, Arma, sorry, when he's with her character. Well, I can't remember the name of either. You, you can't figure out what's going on. I, you know. <laughs> I mean, the action scenes were competent. And sometimes they were beautiful, but they were totally forgettable. Totally forgettable. You know, everyone in the audience seemed quiet and miserable walking out. Absolutely miserable. You know, I've just watched a, a review on YouTube and the guy said that there was people booing and throwing stuff at the screen. Well, I certainly didn't see any of that. You know, maybe we're a bit more reserved in this part of the country i don't know but it would no it, it, people just seem to be a little bit like oh and I, I do wonder how much the you know the killing of bond was influenced by daniel craig as a reason for saying right i can't come back i want you to kill bond off i'll come back if you kill him off i mean you know i, I i'm i'm probably i i'm probably not right about that you know and if it's not true i i I wholeheartedly apologise for my cynicism. Ah, if I was it, only because if I was him, I'd have done that. You know, secondly, you know, getting into conjuncture again. Was this why Danny Boyle left directing duties? Because he said, no, I'm not going to kill Bond off. Because can you imagine, if you were the director, would you seriously want to be the one that been making these films since 1963? No. Since you know, since nineteen sixties, and you're going to be the one who kills Bond. No, I'd be like, no, sorry. You know, and again, if that's not true, I apologize for my cynicism. I'm just going off rumor and guesswork. You know, and I, I have an awful feeling that you know they've killed off Ian Fleming's James Bond. You know, and the name might return, but I fear it will be a massively different film. And if it, and it has to be a reboot because they've killed him. 
So, yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with the, with the reboot. You know, they did it with Casino Royale, but, it, you know, after dying of the day, they did it with Casino Royale, it worked. Taking back to being a double O, a new agent. But that was only, what, uh, 2006? I'm not good with maths. 15 years ago? You know, it, it, it it's a bit soon to be doing it again. And you've killed off a lot of your characters as well. And, you know, and what stops him dying every film? You know, if, if you're going to kill him in this one, and he'll return anyway, obviously as, different, as a different actor, you know, then what stops him dying in every film? And that doesn't heighten the stakes, it cheapens it. Because his, his, his death's meaningless then. This death's mean, meaningless. Daniel Craig was going, well done, you've done well, your performances have always been on point, your films have, uh, not your films, but the films you've been in have not always been top draw, but you've you've put your shift in, well done, off you, off you pop. Move on to other things you want to do. You know, he's done some cracking films, Daniel Craig. I'm excited to see what he does in future. But to kill Bond off just because he's leaving, it's just bizarre. Bizarre. And, you know, Daniel Craig was good, but not good enough to kill the character off. Just because he's leaving. You know, I mean, we, d we didn't think he was going to come back for this. Personally, I don't believe he should have. I think the ending inspector, when he gets in the car with Madeline Swan and the drive off, great. Good, good ending for you. For that bond, we come back with somebody else. You know, no bonds are irreplaceable. Connery wasn't irreplaceable. Roger Moore wasn't irreplaceable. Pierce Brosnan wasn't. Dalton wasn't. Lazenby wasn't. The franchise moves on. As it should. You know, I, personally, I think, the, you know, Craig made one great film. Casino Royale, arguably one of the best Bonds, if not the best Bond. You know, his, his performances have always been fantastic, but the films just haven't held up to it. You know, haven't lived up to it, sorry. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Legitimately, sometimes when I scribble. You know, and my friend who came out of the cinema with me, he echoed the same sentiments that I did. He said, well, it was good, but you know, it wasn't Bond. Bond films are supposed to be special. You wait years for them. I mean, what have we waited for this one? Is it six years since Spectre in 2015? Six years. I know it should only, only have been five. With, you know, the pandemic and the cinema shutting down and things. I get that. But who knows how long it's going to be before the next one? You know, we'll see. And uh, I'm just so disappointed. My my final thought, you know, because you see all these positive reviews and critical reviews and think, what, what have people watched? Have I missed the point here completely? Or, you know, one of the best Bond films ever gives him new depth, this, that, and the other. But you killed him off. 
you know, my final thought to finish off with is, I'll tell you one thing. No one's going to be picking this to watch at Christmas. It's not going to be like Goldfinger or From Russia With Love or Octopussy, not Octopussy, not Octopussy, uh, Live and Let Die. You know, or The Spire Loved Me or Golden Eye. Tomorrow Never Dies, Casino Royale. Brilliant films, brilliant. Not saying the others were bad, but they are some of the best ones, in my, in my humble opinion, for what it's worth. If you went to see this film and you enjoyed it, fantastic, great. Buy the DVD or stream it again. Enjoy it, really, really enjoy it. It just missed the mark for me, badly. And the way that they've dealt with the the way the ending came, I thought, I thought, oh, what what what's what comes next? That's the biggest worry. You know, it was it was well done. It was a well made film. It was well acted for the most part. You know, you, you think you know Bond's death scene. You know, the missiles are coming. And he's on the radio to to his wife and confirms he's got a child and. You know, that was well done, but I've nothing that I haven't seen done better. A, a lot of times when somebody's got to, you know, sacrifice themselves for the, the greater good. You know? It, no, Mister, it missed the mark for me completely. So hopefully now I've got my thoughts down, I'll be able to go to sleep. I've been trying for four and a half hours to get to sleep. Since coming in from watching the film, and I can't, because my head's just ticking over, and I've sat and wrote two pages of notes down. Was it just two pages of notes, or did I get onto three? No, it was just two pages of notes. So after that bit of disappointment, we will, I will return with a review of Goldeneye. Which I'm really looking forward to watching. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the film. Brilliant. Enjoy away. I would, I'd have loved to have thought the same. I thought the same with you know Skyfall. When people were saying how good that was. You know it got nominated for an Oscar. If I remember rightly. I just didn't see it. And I've watched Spectre and Skyfall. Over and over again. Well not that many times but good two or three times each to try and see oh, what did I miss, what did I miss what's everybody else seen that I didn't see I just can't can't see it um, I won't be bothering with this it's too long, it's too long it needs, you know, it's, it's like sometimes when you read a, you read a book and it's, it's not bad but you think you need a good editor you need someone to just say right get, cut that bit, cut that bit, you've done that bit before it needed it needed stream streamlining it really did. The more I think about it, I just I'm, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I know that surprised you if you just listened to the last twenty odd minutes, but I did enjoy it. It wasn't as it it, it fell down in areas I didn't expect it to fall down in. You know the the way it was filmed, the story. 
I didn't have an issue with any uh, some of the things that I thought I'd have an issue with. I thought the whole new 007 bit. I thought that you know the whole the whole Bond not being 007 and this obnoxious person from the trailers, you know, needling him all the time, trying to get a rise out of him. I thought that would annoy me. No, it was totally different in the actual film. Totally different. You know, I'd, I don't know what I expected. I thought Rami Malek would be in it an awful lot more. Barely in it. Anna Diarum Armas. She's barely in it. You know, M, barely in it. Q, barely in it. Moneypenny, barely in it. You know, there's an awful lot of talking. And an awful lot of Bond and um, Madeline Swan's romance. And it just didn't feel as real to me as the romance that Bond has at the end of Casino Royale with Vesper Lind. That's his one true love for me. I know he's a fictional character, but you know, they pretty much make that plain in the beginning part because he goes to her grave on suggestion from Madeline and Spectre try and blow him up. You know, I'd, yeah, <clears throat> the more I think about it, the more I want to pull it to pieces. You know, the whole part about him thinking Madeline's betrayed him because there was a bomb at, Spe you know, at Vesper's grave. How did they know I'd be there? Well, I'm not being funny, James, but, you know, you loved her. She's buried. That They probably thought you were going to go over there at some point, given you'd been off grid for five years, whatever it was. It was pretty obvious you were going to go there at some point, so they probably just planted the bomb as a bit of, you know, planted the bomb and a mole, that, that the, the guy who was at the cemetery as, as a kind of an insurance policy. Well, we'll get him if he goes there. He might never go but we'll give it a go and that was just strange he never questions her he just chucks on a train and says you know we've, we're over we're finished you know strange she never defends herself she never says no James I haven't done this and obviously we know with his history of you know Vesperlin betraying him he doesn't trust people but it just, yeah. Like I said, the more I think about it, the more I just didn't enjoy it. Really, really didn't enjoy it. Really, really disappointing. But, you know, to end on a positive, the the uh, the title song was good. I can't profess to, to know a lot of Billie Eilish songs. At least not knowingly, I might have heard a few and not realised it was her, but yeah, the the theme theme song was pretty solid. Shame the rest of the film wasn't really. Yeah, just didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it. You know, you I was more angry at the end. Well, more kind of mixed feelings of anger and sad and thinking confusion about what's going to come next you know i was just thinking what what on earth was that 
you know, that I've just watched. What was the... What was the purpose of that? You know, you kill a character like James Bond, you at least want to give it some gravitas. You know, look at look at what happens and you want to live twice. And I know that's a setup to make people think he's he's dead. You know, because I mean it's one thing we'll admit as a Bond fan, he's a little bit too well known, James Bond, for a secret agent. You know, look at you want to live twice. You know, when he's in bed with the with that woman and she runs off and an assassin comes in and he gets shot in that, you know, those beds that flipped it at the wall. And I think is it the cops that pull it down and say, oh, you know, he he died the way he would have wanted. Um, see, there's a laugh. There's a laugh I didn't get. And all of no time to die. Apart from a little giggle when Blofeld slid in on that, in that purse-best box. I've missed my original point, but, you know, it's gone away from me again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, sorry, yeah, about his death. No, at least in that, he gets him. You only live twice, he gets a. He gets a military funeral. A naval funeral. A naval funeral. Because obviously he's commander bond of the Royal Navy. Which they mentioned in this a couple of times, in No Time to Die. And I thought, oh, I wonder if we're going to get to see him in, you know, naval uniform again. Which I don't think we've seen since Goldmine 1994. Possibly, oh, possibly tomorrow never dies, nineteen ninety seven. But I'm not sure. I don't think so. You know, every Bond we've seen in the naval uniform, I think, apart from Dalton and Lazenby. Anyway, I digress as per usual. Um, I will return with a podcast reviewing the film Goldeneye. Great Bond film. Can't wait for that. I really can't wait to watch that one. So thank you for listening. Sorry, it's not been the most uplifting of uh, podcasts. But, uh, yep, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>